Welcome back to another episode of Readiness Radio, and I have the pleasure to have right next to me new elite Redcon 1 athlete, four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw, welcome to the show. Thank you, Aaron. I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Really excited. Yeah, so um, just to give people a little bit of background, um, Brian uh, has been a, a strong man since, when, was, when did you uh, get originally started in this? So I originally started uh, as an amateur, like at the lowest level, basically, the end of 2005, Mm -hmm. turned pro in 2006, and then started competing as a pro in 2007. And I'm going to get into it so you guys know. Obviously, we have Brian on the show because he just joined Team Redcon 1. But I think there's a lot to be said about being the best in the world, honestly, at anything, because it takes so much discipline and uh, drive and those same characteristics that Brian employs to become world's strongest man are uh, are the same kind of characteristics and traits and habits that uh, that allow anybody to be successful in anything. But before we get into all that, um, as a uh, as a as a young guy, what w- what was the reasoning? Like, um, did you play any sports before that got you interested in this? So I um, I actually my main focus growing up and and uh, you know when I was younger was basketball. Love the I love the game of basketball in the, the small town that I grew up in. Basketball was the main sport. Everybody in the town was really excited about it. So I uh, also had an uncle that was a basketball coach. Uh, my freshman basketball coach. And you're six eight, so right? yeah. So I had I had the the height, and um, that was a very exciting thing when yeah. I was growing up. It was just playing basketball. So I. Uh, kind of through high school started getting a little bit of attention from colleges and that drove me even harder. And mm-hmm. um, actually when I was around 10 years old, I, I read a book that said, if you have a big goal and you want to accomplish something, you have to write it down mm-hmm. and you have to be able to see it. And I had a drawer at my parents' house. And so I wrote on a piece of paper that my goal was to earn a college basketball scholarship and I kept it in my drawer at my mm-hmm. parents' house. And so whenever I'd open the drawer, I would just see it. And it would just kind of remind me I was working toward that. And so that was kind of my focus through high school. And I ended up uh, achieving that and getting a full ride to play uh, college basketball and, and got my college all paid for, which was great. But it was uh, that kind of set me up on the path uh, of working toward achieving something and really having to sacrifice because I had to practice a lot. I had to you know, do a lot of things uh, to earn that scholarship. It wasn't like it came super easy. Right, right. It was something I really, really had to dedicate myself to. So that that kind of set me up. And then after I got out of uh, college, I graduated from college, it was, I needed something else as a competitive outlet. I, and, and I loved uh, training. I really, honestly... Uh, Did you uh, want to play pro basketball? Or? I, you know, I, I definitely... I did. I had kind of a chance to try to play over in Europe after I was done. And it just was something where, um, to be 100% honest, my love for lifting and training uh, became greater than actually playing basketball uh, through college. And uh, I really believe that me finding the weight room and starting to train really helped me to earn that scholarship, you know, cause it became, I, it just became uh, a habit for me Yeah, and I would go in and I would see the results. So I would go and train and, and condition and do all these things. And, uh, I got leaner and I got more athletic and I could run faster and jump higher and do all these things. And so it was a very positive feedback and then it just drove me harder. So I wanted to go back and train more. And then I fell in love with the weight room because of the results that I could see and that I could put the hard work into it and get something back. And so it just, it drove me even harder. But, uh, after I finished playing, I, I immediately, uh, 
uh, knew that I needed, I wanted to keep working out. I wanted to keep training, but I needed something to be competitive in. I, I just can't, I'm not a person that can't be working toward a goal. I yeah. have to, I have to have something that's driving me and I need a competitive outlet for myself. And so that's, um, that's when I first, uh, kind of decided that I needed, I needed to compete in strongman. It's something that I watched growing up and I really didn't know how to get started, to be honest, uh, out of college. It was just something I had watched and, uh, I loved watching. I would yeah. watch it for hours, but you know, I kind of, st- at the beginning, you kind of look at the guys on the TV and you're like, all right, well, he's this tall and he weighs this much and can lift this much weight. And you start to compare yourself. Sure. And so that's kind of what I did. And I said, hey. But you knew, but you knew. You never like, when you left and you found out that you loved uh, the weight room and, and training and everything, you knew that the the only or the option that you, because obviously you could be a bodybuilder, right? Because I know you have followed the sport. I did. Yep, absolutely. Um, yep. So, But you knew Strongman was for you. Yeah, I... Uh, um, I knew that it it was because I loved lifting weights. I loved competing, and it was something. Literally, you could go out and compete uh, side by side with somebody, and it just was: Are you stronger? Right, because powerlifting, right? It's you're not. It's like your turn, their turn, etc. Yeah, you're yeah. not really head to head. Even though you are, you're not head to head. Yes, you're competing in more of a total. This is just you know, put the weight on the bar or put the stone in front of you. Can you lift it? Can you not? It's a very definitive uh, black and white result. And I I really like that because it's just you, you get in that competitive environment and you really get to find out who's stronger. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And obviously you had a knack for it because you, uh, you were obviously good quickly. Yeah, I did. I did my first contest uh, without any equipment. I didn't have any equipment around me. And I said, Hey, I'm going to go do this and just jumped in head first. And Nowadays, that's um, I think that I think that the mindset of some of the um, younger guys getting into the sport has changed because I was I was kind of a dive in head first, just go for it, mm-hmm. and then I would figure out you know how to get better after. And now um, you see a lot of um, guys coming in to compete that really look at the events and say, "Oh, I'm not very good at this. I'm not going to do that competition." Whereas for me, I would look at it and say, "All right, I haven't done that." I'm going to sign up and go do it because I have to get better at that. Yeah. And so I, you know, the first time I lifted a stone was in competition. I never trained with stones before I went to a contest. I didn't know how to do it, you know, and, and I didn't have anybody around me when I first started that could show me how to do it. So it was something I very much just went in head first and, and, and then started to kind of get some equipment. I had a guy weld some stuff for me out of his garage. And, you know, it literally was, I just kind of built it up. You know, you said, ground. you said that the, we were sitting here talking um, yesterday or the, even the day before, I'm not sure. We're talking about um, that you kind of have always been somebody who goes and does the harder thing. Like if there are two paths and there's the easy path and the hard path, you go to the hard path and you mentioned uh, steel sharpened steel. Has, have you always been like that? Because that's a that is a characteristic of a lot of successful people that I've talked to is that uh, they're not afraid to risk it and they're not afraid to go hard when a lot of people are, are you know, in life people generally choose the least discomfort. Yeah, that and that's a, that's unfortunately it's a common thing, just common. like you said. And and I, you know, I've I've kind of always been a guy that likes a challenge. I like to I like to put myself out there and and I'm willing to fail. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't need that safety net. I'd rather just jump in and go for it and then kind of put it all on my back and make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. And that's I think that helped me out a lot getting into into, you know, into strongman and, and uh, having to 
you know, it's kind of that sink or swim mentality, right? Like you, you get out there and it's it's uh, very black and white. You're either going to do something uh, and, and succeed or, you know, you fail and then you have to come back and get better. And so I, you know, for me, that was definitely something um, that that was very much in my head. I, I really wanted the challenge and I liked the challenge. And, you know, I've always um, tried to learn everything I possibly could from from guys around me and I would always talk to the best competitors that I could when I was coming up to try to learn anything that I possibly could. I would study, you know, their training, how they did competitions, you know, things like that. And then it was kind of a trial and error for me, take it back to my training, test it out, see if it worked. If it worked, I would take it and use it for myself. And if it didn't, you know, I I would say, okay, well, it works for them, doesn't work for me kind of thing. But it it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's because it was a huge challenge and a huge undertaking to get into the sport, especially without having, I mean, there's a lot of equipment in strongman that, that right. you don't find in a normal gym and, right. and a lot of events that you have to figure out how to prepare for all of them, you know, and sometimes without the equipment, it was very hard to, to be creative and, um, like you said, going to the, that, going to the golf or golf, tell that story real quick. Cause that shows that that shows willingness to not oh, only be uncomfortable, but ingenuity, ingenuity, um, ingenuitively. Ingen- yeah. Yeah. Anyway, ingenuity, yeah, yeah, <laughs> ingenuity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it shows because like this is, he's about to tell you, but this is something that a lot of people just would not do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were talking about, um, probably one of the moments that, uh, in my strongman career that could have changed a lot, uh, was, a. a 2010 World Strongest Man, we did a loading medley that uh, we had to carry um, gravel bags, bags filled with gravel through the water and load them. Well, if you've ever tried to run through water, you understand that it's kind of hard to make your legs move forward. So imagine carrying something really heavy and then having to do that same movement. It was it was terrible. But the only way I could train and prepare for that was taking um, I took kegs that were just kind of empty keg shells filled up with gravel kind of the same thing and then I would take them out to a golf course and ask the golf course uh, you know owner if I could go into one of the ponds that he had on the golf course and take these kegs and a loading platform that I would drag down there every weekend uh, to train for this and then carry these kegs out of the water and everybody would of course look at like me and the guys that were with me like we were nuts but and you said it was terrible too oh, right? it was, it was Oh, it was the hardest training. Um, every week I dreaded doing it, yeah. you know, but it, um, it, it it was something that was necessary to do. And I was actually very confident. I trained very hard for that event. And uh, it went really well up until the very end of the event. Uh, <laughs> and I, I needed to just take half a second uh, to put the last bag on. And then I didn't. And it ended up falling back off the platform, which in turn cost me my first World Strongest Man title. But uh even that had a lesson in it, though. Um, losing that title on a, on a tie, a tied for the uh, title world strongest man, and then um, you know coming back from that, it was another. I've tried to turn it into a positive thing for myself uh, instead of you know because a lot a lot of people would take that and be very negative about it and and you know kind of say you know oh feel sorry for me I didn't win right. this kind of thing and instead it was a very much a motivating driving force in my training leading up into 2011 and 2011 was the first time that I did win world strongest man, um, you know, outright, uh, without tying or anything. Yeah, so yeah. it was, uh, it very, was very motivating for me moving forward. I think it's really, 
kind of propelled me, you know, that moment in time kind of propelled me on to be more push successful. Harder. Yeah. To push, push harder. You know, ultimately I, I personally find that the things that are the hardest uh, are the things that truly build character. And, and that's usually the things that are the hardest to do, the hardest to accomplish are the most gratifying when you, when you get there. You know Definitely. I mean? Yeah. If it's you, too easy, then it's not, doesn't mean anything. No, you got to climb that mountain. And then, right. you know, the, like you said, the harder the climb is and the more that you have to sacrifice and dedicate yourself to get there, uh, the more rewarding getting to the top of that mountain is. You know, we talked you, you talked a little bit just now about goal setting and how important goal setting is. One of the big things that, that I talk about on the show and then I talk about in general is uh, is that you have to have a goal. And for me, I have um, like here at the business. Let's talk. Let's just talk about Redcon. So we have uh, revenue goals and goals for the. Um, the marketing department, we have goals for the sales team, we have revenue goals for the week and the month and the year, and and, uh, and I am one that always uh, pushes on those goals, even if sometimes in the long term, what we do for the week may not be that important, but it's the next, you know, those weeks put together that end up being the goal for the year and so on and so forth. Yep. And so like for you, um, when you think of the success you've achieved, how important do you think goal setting has been for you? I mean, setting goals is is crucial. I mean, I, I have to have goals and, and, uh, even in a training session, I'll set little goals for myself or, you know, on a daily basis, I'll set a goal to get all my meals in, you know, things like that, 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 you know, maybe don't seem like very big goals. They're not over the top kind of long-term goals, but it keeps me on track and it keeps me moving forward. And it's, um, I like to set goals that, that I can achieve, uh, and then if you achieve that goal, you feel good about it. And it actually kind of lights more of a fire to move on to the next goal. Um, so it's, it's those short term goals I think are very important because they lead to the bigger term goals. And then you kind of set the goals that are, that are very hard to reach that you, you're, you're really, you know, extending yourself and it's, it may take years to get to that goal, but you kind of have it in the back of your mind that that's where I want to be. And then you, I really believe that you have to visualize yourself getting there and and actually see it and feel it and taste it and just know that it's going to happen and not doubt yourself through, even though you may have a rough day or a rough week or, you know, you may have to overcome some obstacles, things like that. Uh, as long as you're, you're, you know, keeping your sights on where you want to get to, uh, I think that's a very powerful thing. And I think that a lot of people um, get off track very easily and um, give up because you know it's not going to be easy. You know anything that anything that's really really worth achieving and that you have to work for is not going to be easy. And it's it's uh, that's why everybody doesn't get there. Right. You talked about visualization in the beginning of the show. You mentioned about how you wrote down uh, get a college scholarship and, and looked at it. Something that I did uh, when I first got going uh, in business, really even before I got going in business, but when I got myself cleaned up and got away from doing drugs and being around bad people and and basically got on the right path, is that I wrote down on a piece of paper um, a whole bunch of goals, and some of them were not that. Not that impossible. It's, it seemed hard at the time, uh, but then some of them were ridiculous. Where it was like stuff that I didn't think that I, it would ever happen. Like somebody would do an article about me in a magazine. Yeah, you know, things that at the time when you're like I was coming off of uh, heroin. Yeah, so I, uh, at, when you're there and you start thinking about, you know, or buy a Ferrari, right? These sure. are things that, that it seems like, come on, let's, let's sure. so, but yeah. I put this in my wallet and I looked at this list uh, for years on a daily basis and oh, I checked them awesome. all off. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's funny because I think that that's so important, just like how you said about the college, um, because by looking at it, you're reminding yourself, which mm -hmm. you, people need to be reminded, um, 
what your goal is. It's almost like you're retelling your 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 brain and your your body and your soul to um, make this stuff happen. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really important. And, and it, I mean, for me, I grew up in a small town, and it was. Kind of the attitude, like, oh, you're from, you know, I was from Fort Lupton, Colorado, but it's like, oh, you're from Fort Lupton, like, you're not really going to do anything or that kind of, and it's, I've gone back and actually talked to the kids at the school, you know, a couple different times and and gone in and, you know, it's, it's um, kind of the line that I use is uh, a lot of people told me I couldn't be world's strongest man. I wouldn't win, you know, it it was, that was just ridiculous to think that I could. And my question is why not? Why not me? Yeah. And, and that nobody can really answer that. And, and I would always say, you know, the world's strongest man has to come from somewhere. Sure. Yeah. So why not? Why can't I do it? You know? And, and in my head it was, um, you know, I, I just, I I expected things of myself, you know, and, and I, I have always been ultra competitive growing up. Um, you know, I had an older brother that would, you know, push me hard, right. And and beat me up and all that. And it was, (laughs) it was keeping up with him, keeping up with his friends and, and, uh, you know, that pushed me hard. But I have always been just kind of had this fire to, to be great, like to push myself to greatness and to achieve things that other people think are not achievable. And, um, it's, it's kind of, I think you have to have that fire and you have to set those goals for yourself. And, you know, it's just like what you're saying, you, you write it down and, you know, Somewhere in your heart, you believed that that was going to happen. Yeah. And you, I'm sure, made countless sacrifices along the way sure. that nobody sees. Right. Right. And, and, and they don't, they see you where you are now. Right. And they, they think, oh, well, that, you know, maybe it's always he's, been just, like that, yeah. he's lucky yeah, yeah. or he did this or that. But that's not really, that's not really what it has to do with. It's kind of the, you know, like for me, I make a lot of choices that people don't necessarily see or that I don't post about or whatever. And, um, you know, I do things that most people would not want to do right to get to where I'm at. And it's, it's hard. I mean, the, the training is hard. The, some of the recovery work I have to do is hard. It's not pleasant. It's, it's painful or uncomfortable or whatever, but you have to be willing to go through those things to achieve something, uh, great. And, and, um, it's, you know, it's it's amazing the mentality, how powerful your mind can really be uh, when you want to achieve something and you and you really, really are willing to work for it because everybody now um, I think wants to post like, oh, I'm I'm in beast mode and I'm working so hard. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's they have no clue what hard work really is sure. and, and what kind of grind like it actually takes to to get to the next level, whatever you're trying to get to the next level in, you have to, I mean, you have to expect these things and, uh, sometimes be willing to sacrifice a lot. To and, make the, and I think the thing that people lose sight of now with the, with the, the younger people, you know, the millennials, we've got a lot of them here in the office and, um, and not just them, just people in general, uh, because of the, the the social media age we live in, people want instant gratification. And unfortunately, achieving being the best in the world at something, yeah. or even just to be uh, very successful, to be 1%, the top 1%, which you're 1 millionth percent, but top 1%, it's going to take a long time. Yes. So it's not a little bit of, you're not sacrificing a lot for a few months or a few weeks, or even if, ideally, most likely, it's not even a few years, a sure. decade, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a body 
definitely a body of work. Yeah. You know, that you have to, um, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, I love it. Yeah. I love the grind. I love, I love having the challenges. I love pushing myself and that's just part of, uh, it's just part of my mentality, part of who I am. Don't you have to love it though? Imagine if you hated it, you wouldn't be able to do it. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah, you have. It would be impossible, hundred yeah. percent. Like, yeah. You, Imagine you, if you hated doing strongman. You don't like any of this discomfort. It would be if you didn't like being in front of people and you didn't want to. You imagine, yeah. Because like yeah. we were talking in the gym, I said people come up to you. Got to come up to you all the time and be like, "Oh, you're huge," or you yeah. know, you know. Yeah. But if you hated that, if you oh, I hate it, then you'd be like, "What am I doing this for?" Yeah. Right? Yeah. Too much sacrifice for something you don't like. Yeah, it's um, it hundred percent. You you have to you have to love it and enjoy it and. Waking up on a daily basis and uh, and and going through everything that because it's a lifestyle. It's sure. a lifestyle that you have to live, and you can't. You, I can't wake up one day and say, "Okay, I'm really going to go hard after the title, world's strongest man, or being being the best strongman in the world." And right. then the next day, I'm like, "Oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna sleep in and skip a couple meals and and not do my training or recovery work." I like today, I'm I'm taking a break, yeah. and then tomorrow I'm back on the train and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I can't do that. It's it's a literally every single day I'm constantly thinking about everything that I'm doing. Is it making me better or is it making is it not getting me closer to my goal? Yeah, you know, and so you have to kind of you have to navigate that on a daily basis, and and I'm constantly thinking about okay, you know the food that I have to eat and the training and the recovery work and, and uh, all these factors have to be taken into account to be moving forward. And then, you know, it's, it's trying to balance now, um, you know, being a dad, being a good husband, um, you know, and, and then still putting in the work with training, still putting in the, you know, the time to, to make everything business wise work. You know, it's, it's a lot of, of uh, demand, but um but it's a, it's a heck of a lot of fun too. Um, but I want to get into the family stuff because I think that's important. But I want to talk about you know um, confidence. So that's one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, people that are really successful, that are that are really outliers in terms of what they've achieved, have a lot of confidence in themselves. And, uh, and that obviously, it doesn't mean you don't have moments of self doubt. Nobody doesn't have sure. some moments at some point in time. But do you find? Did you believe you were going to be world's strongest man long before you were world's strongest man? Uh, so when I when I first started uh, competing, I, I won my first amateur contest, and and I was kind of like the new guy, who's this, whatever. And um, every contest I went to, uh, kind of after that, I had to step my game up. So I would go to kind of the, the the way that it works with strongmen um, is there's different kind of levels of amateur, and then you get up to where you can compete as a pro, and the weights get heavier every one you go to. So mm-hmm. I was always kind of. Um, pushing myself to the next level and going to a bigger contest, not being content. I wanted to go against the best guys and the strongest guys. So I would set a new goal of a next level contest. Mm -hmm. And then the goal was um, to make it to world's strongest man. So I set that goal, made that happen. And then once I got to world's strongest man on that level, I knew that I was going to win. Yeah, I I absolutely 100% believed it. I knew that it was going to take a lot of work, but I just knew that it was going to happen. Yeah. I just, I could tell. And, and there were certain things that I excelled at even when I was kind of new to the sport, but I just, um, I had an overwhelming, like you said, sense of confidence sure. and belief in myself, even though 
other people maybe didn't see it that way. I just knew it in my heart that I, I could make it happen. Yeah. I feel like that's, I, I feel like that's, um, I'm sure there's people that, that don't feel like that. It just kind of happens to them because they work so hard and whatever. But I feel like most people who have achieved success, like, like I said, very high level of success in business or athletics, they have a, a level of confidence that, uh, that if they tell everybody you could be looked at as arrogant or whatever, you, ha- you have to be humble and, and keep it to yourself. But like for me personally, I always know I'm going to win. Like yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't mean in strong man or whatever, sure. but yeah. in business, I never think to myself, like maybe this isn't going to work. I just know it. And people ask me a lot of, I've been asked a lot, like, are you uh, worried about uh, like something not working or whatever? And, and the truth is that I don't even think like, Maybe it won't work. I just happen to know. Yeah. As long as I do what I need to do, it's going to work out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And you um, prove that. Yeah. You've yeah. proved it. And yeah. then I think when you you have that positive reinforcement and you prove it, it, it makes that confidence even stronger. 100%. And I think that's kind of what happened with me. It, it was something where, uh, you know, I, I started doing a lot better and, and um, I was able to elevate myself as a strongman relatively quickly, you know, all things considered, it was, I was kind of every contest I would come back and I was a lot better and then I was a lot better. And then, you know, and I I moved up the ranks, so to speak, very, very quickly. And so it was something that, um, as that happened, I got even more confident and more confident in myself and, and believed even more. But I, you know, like you just said, you go into anything knowing you're going to win, believing you're going to win. And that's, I think that's, that's a very powerful thing, you know, for me as well. I go to, to every competition expecting to win. Right. That's what I expect. That's the, that's the standard. And if I don't win, that's unacceptable yeah. to me. That's, it's just not good enough. Whereas, you know, taking at a, a world level competition, you know, a lot of guys would say if you're top three, that, that they, that's their biggest goal would be to, right, to be sure. top three. And for me, that's just not good enough. I right. don't accept because if I, if I didn't go home with the first place trophy, somebody beat me yeah. and that's not good enough. In my mind, it's just not good enough. I think it's so. a very powerful force to walk into anything like being confident and knowing that you're going to win because it's like a self, uh, self perpetuating kind of, uh, philosophy or policy or, you know, mentality, because like, you know, if you walk in knowing you're going to win, it's it just, the chances have got to be infinite, infinitely better because no, you feel confident. So the world, the universe kind of agrees with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If you go in there feeling like, man, I, I, I hope I don't embarrass myself. And all you're thinking about is embarrassing. I hope I don't embarrass. Myself. Yeah. I feel like you're going to probably embarrass yourself. Yes. You know? yeah. Well, you get it. You, you doubt, you can't have any doubt in your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just, it's a very, uh, any negative thoughts or or self doubt in especially in big moments, not good. No. Yeah. So what do you, you? If you have you do you ever have you ever like if somebody has that if they're listening right now and they're like man but I always have that. Do you have a tip for somebody like that that has that like leak into their head at an important moment? I mean it's it's if anything I think the most powerful thing is the visualization. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me I know before a big contest. Um, something like the Arnold or, or world's strongest man, I, I visualize, um, doing things at the competition and I, I really can mentally, I know it probably sounds a little strange, but mentally I can put myself on the stage. I can put myself in the competition. And especially once I know the events, I picture myself doing a lift or lifting something or moving something. Uh, and by the time I've got to the contest, I've done it so many times in my head 
that I've already seen myself do it, seen myself succeed. And I've reinforced that pattern in my brain. Yeah. So I'm not, the doubt is gone. So it's, that's something that's very powerful for me. So somebody that was doubting themselves, really you reinforce the positive with training. So if you prepared to succeed, you're going to succeed and, and it's doing it in training, but um, the, the fun part, half of the battle and the funnest, I think the funnest thing with, with, uh, the sport of strongman and, and strength in general is the fact that you have to go through those battles in the gym and you have to overcome those hurdles. And so there is moment, there are moments, uh, even for me, I'll go in and have kind of a subpar day of training. I, I don't hit maybe the numbers that I thought it was going to hit or whatever. And, um, you know, coming back from that and, and saying, all right, well, what are the factors? Because at this point, I know my broad, body pretty well, and I know, okay, well, all right, last night, you know, the, the baby was up crying and woke me up a few times, and maybe I, you know, got a little bit too busy with something, and, and maybe I missed a meal, or, or maybe that had a factor in it. Mm-hmm. So I'll go back to that first, but um, I know that if I walk away and, and handle the things that maybe weren't right, the next training session is going to be better. So I always go into the gym and do that. And the other thing for me that's very powerful uh, in my training is I very, very rarely, if ever, fail. Yeah. I don't let myself fail in training. So I would rather, for example, if I'm doing a deadlift or something, I would rather succeed get up to a weight that, that maybe isn't my full limit, lift it, and then walk away from the training session knowing I could have lifted 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds more. And in my brain, I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I didn't reach my failure, failure point, so I could have pulled more. And it's a positive reinforcement yeah. constantly. So I, I come back to training, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I can lift a little bit more. Yeah. Instead of if you, if you fail in training too much and you go to failure and, and you're – you're literally, you're programming yourself to fail. So you're constantly reinforcing and you have that limit um, in your brain. And so that's the other thing is somebody's building that barrier. You're building these obstacles in your head. Um, You know, it's, it's just, you, you want positive, all positive reinforcement, especially from something like training. And so you walk away knowing you could do more. And that way you come into a, a contest or, or that arena much more prepared mentally and physically to succeed. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Um, so family, you mentioned family before. Uh, you got your wife, Carrie, here, your newest son. Uh, and uh, you have a an, an, uh, two-year-old at home, uh, yeah. Brax, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, family for me has been a intr- I mean, incredible stabilizing uh, force in my life. So I don't even know. I, I actually, I may have even said this in the show with Jake Cutler. I have a certain level of obsession that uh, borders on unhealthy. And I, it's something that I've always had. And obviously, I used it for bad stuff in my past with drugs and, and stuff like that. But that same obsession I've been able to utilize for, for all kinds of positive things. But because I have a family, I don't go too overboard. And uh, has that done that for you? I mean, how did family having children, getting married, change your life? I mean, it's, it's been a, a very motivating uh, factor for me. Um, you know, it's, well, getting married to my wife first and foremost. I mean, she's, I would say she's good at a lot of the things I'm not as good at. I'm kind of a more of a dive in head first, go all out kind yeah. of thing. And she, she balances me in a very good way and kind of, brings me back to earth sometimes when I need to be and she knows how to do that to kind of right. kind of balance me out so that's been that's been great and uh you know she's good at a lot of things like I said that I'm not as good at so it's it's 
a give and take. No. Uh, so that's been really good. And she's, um, she's helped me a ton, but you know, having after, after our first son was born, I think you, uh, it's a very powerful moment because now you're responsible for another human life. Sure. And it's like, wow, I can't fail. Right. Because my son is relying on me now. Right. And now I have, like you said, the second, our, our second boy, um, it now makes it even more. It's just like, I kind of in myself know, okay, I want to make them proud, but also I, I want to succeed so badly to set a good example for them, but also to provide for 100%. them. And that's, that's a, I think a very motivating factor. So it's a couple different lay, layers of motivation. You know I mean? I, um, uh, like a week ago, uh, our, our oldest that just turned two was out and I was doing a truck pull to train and he was like cheering, like so loud for me to pull this truck and I could hear him yelling yeah. and it was like uh, an unbelievable feeling. Cause it's like, wow, he, I mean, he doesn't, I don't know that he fully understands what dad does and all right. this, but it was like, he was so pumped up to cheer yeah. and it's like, wow, I can't believe that, that I'm in this moment and I've been doing this truck. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of truck pulls, if not more. And I've never had my son cheering for me in that. It was, it was crazy, kind yeah. of surreal in a way, Yeah, but it's, um, if anything, it's been a positive because it makes me even more focused, more determined, more hungry. Yeah. Um, and obsessed, like you said, in yeah. a way. And, and I, I think I have kind of the same thing, um, where especially over the sport, um, when I get in those moments, I, obs I, I do obsess over yeah. it. Right. And, and I, I want to be the best I'm bound to determine. So I'm constantly thinking about training or something I can do to be better, or, you know, I'm analyzing all these different things constantly to be better. Right. And I think that, that that's, uh, something, you know, too much like all, oh, I'll um, come in from training sometimes and especially leading up to a contest and I'll stay up and I'll make notes and think and, and uh, Carrie, Carrie will tell me, well, why didn't you come to bed earlier? And I said, well, I just got, I got too excited and pumped up and like <laughs> I was in the zone for this and she just kind of rolls her eyes and cause she knows that I'm, I get in that, those type of moods where I yeah. just have to do something to get better and th I'm thinking and analyzing too much and, um, but I love it. I mean, yeah. I really do love it. So it's, it's, you know, it's a give and take, but with the family, I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's, uh, something that's such a pot. It's a good thing for me oh, yeah. and it's a good balance. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. I know the one thing you said what really applies for sure to me is that, uh, that you really like, you, you have no option to fail once you have a family. When Asher was born, um, I, uh, you know, everybody was saying to me for some reason, I guess they probably, I'm not around people as much like I was then that are, that are, um, I don't know. So a lot of her family and people were saying, you know, kids are expensive. That's what I heard a lot mm -hmm. from everybody saying how expensive kids are. And, uh, and the funny thing is that for me, the kids having Asher, I think is a big contributing factor to why I will be very wealthy. You know what I mean? Because I basically took everything much more seriously because I realized, like, for me, I really don't need a lot. Yeah, I like, I won't, I won't lie, I like nice stuff. Yeah. I don't need any of it. Sure. You know, uh, I could live in a, the, when me and Darielle met, I lived in a $500 a month apartment. Yeah. I could go back there. It wouldn't be like uh, the end of the world. You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. wouldn't want to, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Sure. But I could never bring Asher and Aiden and Elijah and her yeah. to that $500 a month apartment. Yeah. Like, I couldn't. It would, yeah. I wouldn't allow myself. I'd, you know, I'd die first trying to make Absolutely. sure that they didn't have to go there. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. and I think that really, like, 
I think that um, for you, you must have had the. I mean, it sounds like the exact same thing. You can't. You can't screw up now. No. No. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There is no. There is no failure. No. Like you, I have to make it work, and, right. and it's there's a lot of things that uh, that I have to do. Sure. You know, it's, I think as as a dad, you take take on that responsibility and you kind of, you kind of put the burden on your back and say like, I'm, you have to provide hundred percent. Like you, you, have, you to. have to. And it's, and as it's funny as a, as a dad, now, you know, I mean, and when you see other dads that don't do that or it's not important to them, I'm like, how is it even possible? No. Yeah. It's like such a strange idea when I hear like, um, parents, dads that, that are not with the kid or don't yeah. provide or don't want to give money to their, it's like crazy. To me. I don't know how, I mean, I know, we've talked a little bit about about how much time and and that quality time every day you get to spend with your kids and that type of thing and i don't like i cherish that so much and i you know obviously have to travel and be gone sure. and you know luckily we have facetime and things like that yeah. now but it's, it's yeah definitely um but it's definitely one of those things when i'm home i can't i can't imagine being like you said like like having a literally having a child that you didn't spend time with or didn't want to see or, or interact with, or, I mean, I, I feel like I go away and I'm sure you feel the same. And, and it's like, man, I come back and, and it's Braxton seems so much bigger and Kellen oh, yeah. seems like he's gained a bunch of weight and he's doing something different. And yeah. it's, it's literally happened so fast yeah, it does. that it, I, I, I feel like I'm missing out. I still try to spend time every single day, no matter what yeah. with them, yeah. but it's still going by quick. And yeah. it, I, I, all those things make life so much better. That's one of the reasons yeah. I keep wanting more, have more kids. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, totally. Very on those. It's because I want. I don't want to. I know. I want to be able to do it again. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's the uh, my main motivating factor. Because I don't want you know Elijah's now. Like I look at Braxton and uh, your new, your newest one, Callan. Yeah. And look at him compared to Elijah. Elijah is so much bigger. You know, he's ten months, and he's what a little over two months, right? Yeah, yeah, just uh, over. Yeah. Uh, but he's. It's like wow. I, I have to, hopefully we'll have another one that's a little like that again one day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, before you know it, he'll be like Elijah and then they'll be walking and talking. And, and it goes so quick. I told you about yeah. the conversation Asher and me had. And oh, I'm unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I'm like, man, how's this even happening? Like, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> uh, before we end the show, I wanted to, you know, if you have any lessons, any like wisdom that you've learned over the years that uh, somebody out there might need to hear or want to hear in terms of, uh, you know, finding their own success in life, whether it be in strong men or in business or, or whatever. Yeah. I, um, I think the, the biggest thing that I would say on that front would be that you, you have to find something you're passionate about right. first and foremost. If you find something you're passionate about, I mean, there was, when I got into strong men, for example, there was so many people that told me you're never going to make money from strong men. Sure. It's impossible. You just can't. It's something you do for fun. You, you're never going to make a career out of it. You're never going to be able to do that. And I, I never believed that. Yeah. And it was such a negative thing. But I mean, I feel like I've been able to do it now uh, for a long time, and also to make it a business and to grow it. And and in a lot of that came from the passion that I had uh, to to succeed with it. So I think first and foremost, I'd say find something you're genuinely passionate about, and and. Don't let anybody, uh, don't let anybody tell you can't. Right. 
you know, there's, I've, I've tried and I've got rid of a lot of people around me that are negative or, or bring me down. Uh, and I try to surround myself with only positive people that bring me up and make me better Smart. and, uh, and challenge me, right. you know, and, and help me, you know, to, to, to get to the next level. So that's, that's the next thing is surround yourself with positive people, uh, like-minded individuals that are trying to better themselves and hungry and passionate about, about, uh, furthering themselves in life, you know, for sure. So those things, um, I think are imperative. And then, uh, you have to, um, you have to have drive and passion, right? You yeah, find that passion or, or something you're passionate about, surround yourself with positive people that can bring you up. And then, uh, um, and then you got to grind I yep. mean, you got to work. Takes like, time. You have to, you have to be willing to put the work in, uh, genuinely put the work in and, um, you know, when people aren't looking, you got to be working and you got, you know, I mean, it's, it's constantly moving forward, you know? So if you want something, I really believe if you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. And it, it, it's probably going to come with a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. But, um, you know, if, if you want it bad enough, you can make it happen. And it's just, um, you have to believe that and, 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 uh, and really, really go after it with everything you have. And, and I think that's the, that's the factor for a lot of people that I think they, they can't get past. They hit a couple obstacles and give up so quickly. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and, and uh, I think, I think for me, that would be the message is it's just, you have to, you have to be willing to work, yep. really work hard and not, and not give up and not, um, not, you know, doubt yourself and, and, uh, uh, have negativity, you know, try to be positive and, and, uh, and see yourself getting there, yep. you know, see yourself getting there and, and, uh, and, you know, once you do put that work in and once you do, you know, start to have some success and things start to come back, it's, it's such a great thing. Uh, but most people never get there because they don't try hard enough. Very true. These are all great lessons. Thank you, Brian, for being on the show. I know uh, hopefully a lot of people got some value out of this. I think that those lessons that we ended off with are great. And uh, each and every one of those things is a big component into achieving your personal success. Thank you for being on the show, Brian. Absolutely, Aaron.